We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. To CC with BB, connecting with coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. That's me. I'm your. I'm a psychiatrist in private practice, and faculty member at the University of Virginia. Each week, my guests and I talk about meaningful coincidences, synchronicity, serendipity. We discuss synchronicity from its many perspectives, spiritually, practically, and statistically. Why? We want to increase your connection to coincidence so that you can benefit from coincidence awareness in your daily life. I've written a book also called Connecting with Coincidence. Put the phrase Connecting with Coincidence in your web browser to find my book, my Psychology Today blog, my website, and social media sites. And just in case you want to know how sensitive you are to coincidences, go to my website to take the Weird Coincidence Survey. You'll find out. You'll get a measure. Connecting with Coincidence. Our guest today is Dr. Brendan Engen, who is a clinical psychologist and lives in Brunswick, Georgia, and works in private practice since 2007. He got his psychology doctoral degree from the California Institute of Integral Studies in 2005. He has an interest in coincidence studies, positive psychology research, and its practical applications for psychotherapy, ancient therapeutic philosophies like Stoicism, Epicureanism, and Peronian skepticism, and their relevance to 21st century problems in living. He's interested in ethics, the philosophy of mind, religious naturalism, and the clinical ideas and methods of Carl Jung, Otto Rank, Carl Rogers, George Kelly, and Joseph Weiss. Now, a lot of people are interested in Carl Jung and Carl Rogers and some auto rank, but this George Kelly connection uh, for Brendan is not so common. George Kelly was a uh, not so well-known uh, psychologist at Ohio State who came up with a, an idea, uh, among others, uh, that expectation influences experience. And he, he said it in a nice way, a long way, that a person's processes are psychologically channelized by the way they anticipate events, that we anticipate all the time. Well, I was looking for a book when I was in college at Swarthmore in the, in the stacks of the library, and, and George Kelly connected me up with a great coincidence because I found the book, his book, A Theory of Personality in the Library, randomly looking. It jumped out at me the way so much stuff jumps out at people when they're looking for something that they didn't know exactly what they were looking for. So I see this book with a green cover and a little white on it, and I say, oh, Theory of Personality. Sounds good. I took it home. And I bought the couple of copies of it as I lost some of them and read the first chapter over and over again, trying to figure out what he meant. Well, I was at San Francisco doing my internship and I needed a residency. So I took a ride down, down, the, down the highway to um, Stanford to interview. And uh, 
talked to Fred Melgis, psychiatrist there, and he says, among other things, what are you interested in? What are you reading? I said, instead of saying Freud or psychoanalysis, uh, I said, I've been reading George Kelly. Well, Fred Melgis' eyes lit up because Fred was writing a book uh, about psychotherapy in the future rather than psychotherapy being about the past or even the here and now. Fred was talking about how we are so future oriented, which is true, and it still doesn't get enough emphasis. So Fred was amazed that I was reading a book that was central to what he was writing about. That got me a residency place, uh, residency place in, at Stanford, a great coincidence in the kind of thing that happens a lot where one idea from the past helps you somehow in a great way in the present. So how did you get interested, uh, Brendan, in George Kelly? Yes, well, um, I, I first encountered his work in, in college, and uh, I, I took a course in learning theory. Um, and even though he's probably not well known specifically as a learning theorist, um, he, uh, he had a, uh, they had an entire kind of uh, segment of the semester devoted to, to some of his ideas. And um, I found that his ideas were very refreshing um, they were very different than what I was learning about from other learning theorists that were more, much more behavioristically oriented. And um, it just seemed very plausible to me, many of his ideas. And, um, I, I, and he had a very elegant writing style, <laughs> which I also uh, was very attracted to. Um, and so uh, uh, I had that experience early on. Um, I continued with my undergrad and graduate work and um, eventually um, ended up in an internship uh, in San Francisco, psycho, San Francisco Psychotherapy Research Group, where we were studying the um, clinical ideas of Joseph Weiss. And um, Joseph Weiss was, uh, you know, was fairly psychoanalytically oriented. But what was interesting to me is that um, I saw a lot of connections between his ideas and uh, George Kelly's. And I... Uh, Many years ago, when I was at that internship, I gave a presentation on that, and um, I think the the other members of the group were very intrigued and, and also were kind of inspired to look into George Kelly. In fact, one uh, one uh, psychologist uh, who had a supervisory role said that he could see how Joseph Weiss's work, Joseph Weiss's work rather, was much more Kellyan than psychoanalytic. And I thought, well, that's interesting. <laughs> but um, Weiss, like, uh, um, like Kelly, had this idea that our expectations strongly influence our perceptions and especially influence our uh, perceptions of relationships of ourselves, our decision-making. It all kind of comes down to what we're anticipating. And in Weiss's theory, um, we um, if we're suffering from something that's very psychopathological, we seek out disconfirmations um, unconsciously of those constructs, as it were. So if we have this idea, for instance, that we're not lovable or um, we, um, or that in some way we're inherently flawed, unconsciously we'll, we'll strive to obtain disconfirmations of those constructs. And, um, uh, and sometimes we can be successful, sometimes not. Um, therapy, in Weiss's view, is largely an attempt to help patients uh, kind of accomplish their unconscious plan towards that end. To you know, to um, 
to find those, I guess you could say those kinds of healing disconfirmations, disconfirmations of very distressing or pathogenic beliefs. It's, 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 it's also cognitive therapy. Like it is very, uh, it's, it just goes a little deeper uh, than, and it's to disconfirm um, what you think is going to happen uh, yes. and what you're looking for from someone. And what I, what I wanted, what I wanted to really know from, from you is how the idea of expectations um, and experience uh, anticipating uh, influences your thinking about coincidences. Well, um, you know, I think there. In, uh, uh, one thing we know is that there is such a thing as a confirmation bias, which means that um, uh, we tend to remember things that confirm our expectations. We tend to remember those experiences over those that don't, um, and uh, sometimes that can create difficulties for us, obviously. Um, but um, so sometimes some would say, especially those who might be. Um, much more skeptically oriented. Some would say, well, coincidences are really just, or in many cases are just, um, uh, are just, you know, displays of this kind of uh, confirmation bias gone wrong. Um, in other words, we're excluding data from our experience that would actually disconfirm whatever idea or expectation it is that we, that we have. And so we'll, if, if events occur very anomalously, that are um, very surprising and interesting, and that are ones that we would consider to be maybe synchronistic or, or meaningfully coincidental, <clears throat> we'll tend to really focus on those and invest a lot of um, attention and emotional energy in those experiences. But we might exclu exclude experiences that would be disconfirming to that. And so that would be, like I said, that would be sort of a, um, I guess you could say sort of a standard physicalist um, uh, response to um, uh, uh, synchronicity or, or coincidence. Um, I'm think my thinking is that, um, and I um, I credit you with this, Bernie. I um, several months ago you you introduced me to the work of uh, Rupert Sheldrake, um, and I really like Rupert Sheldrake's idea that um, in biological systems um, we uh, Similarities can be um, can be reinforced in some in very mysterious ways. He calls it um, I think he calls it non-local similarity reinforcement, and that's this idea of morphic resonance. <clears throat> that so, for instance, um, if you train a rat to do something in Harvard, um, uh, you know somewhere else in the world later on in Cambridge or or wherever you may find that the rats there start doing the same thing. There's a similarity, there's a synchronicity there that, that you suddenly observe. And his view is, and I, I'm partial to his view, the more I think about it, is that in nature, we have, there is this kind of, um, I guess you could say kind of this memory, if it were. Um, it's, memory isn't just something in the human mind or in, in animal minds. There, there may be a sense in which mem in nature itself, there's a kind of memory. Um, and uh, our experiences feed into that collective memory, and and in his view, then you know other uh, uh, others can draw upon those memories in kind of mysterious ways. Um, so my thinking is that that um, synchronicity or coincidence may have may have something to do with that kind of process.
Good. Uh, we're coming to the end of this segment, and uh, I'm glad to hear how you are using morphic resonance um, in this way uh, for us to be able to put it together with coincidences. Um, you're listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Bernie Beitman, MD, on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, and our guest, Brendan Engen. We'll be back after a short break. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Gwilda Wiaka's latest book, The Science of Magic, Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is the first book in a series based on her writings that open every episode of The Science of Magic radio show. Drawing on the subject matter of each guest, and armed with over 40 years' experience in shamanism, 35 years in alternative health, and degrees in psychology and religious studies, Gwilda introduces relevant and leading-edge information that supports spiritual evolution and personal empowerment. Rich with wisdom and inspirational quotes packaged in digestible segments, this is a book that will pull you from cover to cover. It will also serve as a daily inspirational reading for years to come. The Science of Magic Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is available at our website, tsompublications.com, amazon.com, and wherever fine books are sold. Back in Victorian England, a famous theologian posed a perplexing riddle. Why are the two top personalities in the Bible tagged with the numbers 7 and 11? Academics agree the answer is found in the stunning discovery of a hitherto secret Bible structure explained in a new book called The Genesis Grid. The discovery is so simple that preschool children could illustrate it. Certain claims are hugely controversial and may offend some, but at the X-Zone, we've studied this awesome new book and agree with one expert, and I quote, These discoveries appear to be beyond coincidence. So who or what hid this wonderful pattern in the Bible and what might they do next? Find out more, X-Zone Nation, and read reviews on www.genesisgrid.co.uk. That's www.genesisgrid.co.uk. Welcome back to CC with BB, connecting with coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. 
It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. MD, that's me. And our guest today is Brendan Engen. And we are going to dive into one of Brendan's major, major coincidences. The one that really got him going in this business. Uh, thinking about coincidence studies, of which he is now a strong member and we will go through it and try to demonstrate some of the basic archetypal themes that this long, amazing, uh, hard to understand, hard to explain coincidence tells us about. So, Brendan, please tell us about that major coincidence with you in Spain. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, in the summer of 2005, I had just finished my doctoral degree, um, and as a uh, as kind of a as a gift to me, my wife uh, actually um, scheduled a a session with a, a trans channel medium, <laughs> um, and a it was tra done, a trans channel medium. Yeah, a trans channel medium. It was somebody that she had heard about, and and it was I think she you know originally kind of set it up in a joking way, but was intrigued. Um, so some uh, I think had had worked with celebrities and so forth and offered services to the wider public. And so I she scheduled this for me and I, I you know, kind of reluctantly um, went along with it, thought, well, I'll just see what this is all about. And um, I talked, uh, got into the conversation with this individual and um, he talked a lot about, which they often do, he talked a lot about past life material, um, who I, uh, some of my past life identities. And one of the identities he, this individual mentioned is that um, I was a uh, I was a someone who was affiliated with um, uh, the school of Stoicism in ancient Rome during the time of uh, uh, a statesman and philosopher by the name of Seneca, Lucius Aeneas Seneca was his name. I think he died in approximately 65 A.D. Um, and uh, he said that I had been some way or other, a student of this uh, philosopher, or at the very least, very much influenced by him, either directly or indirectly. But my impression was that we actually had some kind of teacher-student relationship, according to um, this medium. And he said that I would, um, I would meet this person again in the future, in my present life. And he said, in fact, that person happens to be Jeffrey Mishlove. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, I didn't really know much about Jeffrey Mishlove at the time. I had seen some of his interviews on uh, PBS um, when he did the Thinking Aloud series. You know. Now wait, wait a minute. The the medium told you not only that you were going to read yes. meet uh, Seneca, uh, yeah, but he could tell you who Seneca in the present yeah. was. That's right. He told me that uh, Seneca Seneca's present incarnation was Jeffrey Mishlove. Um, yeah, that's that's far out, man. That's that cool. was really far out, and I thought, well, wow, that's interesting. 
of course, there's a backstory to that because Jeffrey had, even prior to this conversation, uh, medium, Jeffrey had had his own, you know, interesting uh, synchronicities with with Seneca, which he talks about. Uh, I probably can't get into that too deeply, without going off track, but. Um, in any case, I thought, well, this is intriguing. I was... Well, at, at least for our audience, we can set it up yeah. that the medium said Jeffrey Mishlove, and you're telling us that Jeffrey Mishlove independently had made connections with Seneca himself. That's right. In fact, and, and... And so we, we, we know what the story's going to, but, but that's, so that's okay. That's the, the coincidence already is established that, yeah. um, that you and Jeffrey are going to get together somehow. Uh, exactly. And, exactly. But we don't we don't know how that's going to happen, and we don't know what the consequences are going to be. Okay, that's please right. con please continue. Okay, so I was I was kind of inspired. I didn't I didn't I wasn't quite sure if I believed it or if it was was kind of um, uh, you know I was I was very uncertain. But I thought, well, who knows? <laughs> it could be true. So I'll uh, I'm going to send an email to Jeffrey. I'm going to try to find his email address. I'm just going to introduce myself and tell him. Because the uh, the medium had told me that I would reestablish contact, and more or less kind of encourage me to do so. So I thought, well, I'll, whatever, I'll I'll see what happens. <laughs> and so I, I somehow or other I was able to find his email address. This was back in two thousand five, like I said, and um, sent sent. I kind of briefly described the experience, and um, and I wasn't really expecting a response. I you know I thought he surely will. Kind of dismiss this or think this is silly, but I thought well, it's worth a shot. So I sent it off to him, and um, it wasn't long after that I actually got a reply from him, and he said, "Well, um, thank you for making contact, and uh, your story is fascinating." Uh, and he said, "I have had my own." He talked about some of his own independent coincidence experiences involving uh, Seneca, but then what was interesting is he said, "What's really striking is that." I received your email just as I was about to um, uh, uh, visit Cordoba, Spain, which is the birthplace of Seneca. He was going to Cordoba He's to visit because it, because it was the birthplace of Seneca. Well, I don't know if that was the reason, but no. I presume that that, was, that had something to do with it. He had a fascination, I guess, with, uh, or some, you know, some, some strong interest in Seneca and learning about Seneca. And um, and he's uh, but I thought it was interesting that he was going to the as, as I was sending this email off he was going to the very place where Seneca was. <laughs> so that started a. Uh, well, this, this this is timing. Um, yeah. This is uh, an aspect of of studying coincidences, which, of course, drew Jung. That's what synchronicity meant, which was something happening at the same time, things falling together in time, and things fell together for you and Jeffrey when yeah. with your email and his visit. Exactly. All right. All right. So that 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 kind of just lowers the probability and increases the surprise and uh, interest factor. So please continue. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I was very intrigued. I thought, well, this is kind of weird. So um, I thought, well, I'm you know I, I'm interested in kind of learning more. So Jeffrey and I had an email exchange with each other about you know what we thought. What, what these experiences pointed to. And he, uh, he mentioned what he said to me is he said, no, I don't think I was really the, uh, the in I don't think I'm the incarnation of Seneca, you know, to be honest with you, because I don't have any memories of being that individual. Um, and I similarly, I certainly didn't have any memory or anything of that sort that I could consciously access. 
Uh, but he said that what I think may be involved in that experience is what I call archetypal synchronistic resonance. Uh, I, I was intrigued Arch by that. Archetypal synchronistic resonance. Yes, yes, that's the term he used. That's, he introduced that to me, and I thought, that's interesting. And he said, you know, my at that point, his ideas, I don't think, were were elucidated, and, and he kind of invited me to work with him and, and kind of fleshing that out. And that, so we did so, and that, that would ultimately turn into the paper we wrote together, which was... Um, published in the uh, Journal of Humanistic Psychology in 2007. But what, what, what followed that experience, which to me, for me personally, was even more striking, is that a few days after that initial, or those, some of those initial email exchanges with Jeffrey, um, I went to go visit some friends <clears throat> in Walnut Creek, California. We, my wife and I were living in San Francisco at the time. We had some friends in Walnut Creek, and. Um, we thought we'd just spend the afternoon there with them. So we, we um, uh, ended up visiting a bookstore as we got into one of the for our dinner with friends. And um, I was kind of going through the stacks. And um, of course, I was attracted to the uh, psychology section <laughs> and um, uh, just was kind of pulling books off the shelf. And there's one book there that looked really interesting to me. It was kind of it's actually a rather beautiful book, you know. It looked new, and it was called The Looking Glass God. And it was the author was Nahum Stiskin. Um, and uh, I, I thumbed through the book initially, um, and uh, I thought, well, gosh, this looks really interesting. It was about, he discussed um, uh, different themes, but he discussed um, Taoism and Shintoism, and he also talked about, he, interestingly, he talked about archetypes. Um, to some extent in the book and was applying them to his theories about these different spiritualities, spiritual traditions. Um, but so I thought, well, this is interesting. I, well, this is worth a read. But then um, uh, later, uh, as I was kind of going through the book more carefully, I noticed at the very beginning of the book, there was an inscription. And I was it just stunned me because the inscription was Jeffrey Mishlow. It was his name. He signed his name. Um, and he said something like, um, I hope I'm recalling it correctly, but it, it was the day, I think it was like 19, I want to say it was 1970 or 1971 or something around that time. And he said, Mind's Ear, Jeffrey Mishlove. Mind's Ear was the name of his radio program. He was given this book by the author. He had interviewed the author and wrote this into the book. And it just, it was, that was a really jarring experience because I thought, well, what are the chances that I would find this book? Um, and uh, I still have the book, as a matter of fact, that I would find this book and um, it would have that inscription from Jeffrey Mishler, the person that I just had, had this weird experience. Again, a timing thing. Um, yes. Uh, very close together, um, a, a synchronistically inspired time yeah. uh, for uh, you emailing uh, Jeffrey Mishlove and then for you finding a remnant of Jeffrey Mishlove uh, right there, <laughs> uh, right there uh, in the Bay Area as you wandered through some stacks uh, yeah. as kind of like I did with George Kelly finding something of great meaning to me. Yes. Now yes. We're and we're coming to the end of this segment. And in the yeah. next segment, I want to be able to go back and talk about archetypal synchronistic resonance. Just uh, yeah. what about Jeff and you and, 
and uh, Seneca, and also this uh, book finding thing, and see how we can talk about them as causal and um, and explain them. Uh, you. You are listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, uh, Bernie Beitman, MD, on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, and our guest is Brendan Engen. From our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond, you're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. The scientist and the mystic have been on an age-old relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State-certified occupational school, training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. Our certification classes are in week-long segments, enabling international participation, and online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions are available. Come discover the science of magic in the limitless world of shamanism. www.findyourpathhome.com Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back to Connecting with Coincidence with 
your host, Bernie Beitman, that's me, and we are talking with Brendan Engen, going through a, a series of coincidences involving uh, Jeffrey Mishlove, uh, an ancient Greek philosopher, Seneca, and our, and our guest, Brendan Engen. Um, let's talk first about archetypal synchronistic resonances, which uh, you and Jeffrey came to call uh, the connection between Seneca and the two of you. Yes. Uh, what is what do you mean by archetypal synchronistic resonance? Well, archetypal synchronistic resonance has to do with um, a, a mysterious relationship or a resonance or congruity, as it were, that um, is observed between uh, people and events, or between um, and the people may be distant in time or space. <clears throat> For instance, um, between Jeffrey and Seneca. Um, or um, uh, it could be an experience like I just described where um, uh, I'm finding a book and I see Jeffrey's inscription, um, you know, quite by accident, find Jeffrey's um, inscription in the book, um, which is uh, a resonance with what I had, you know, just experienced with him a few days earlier. Um, there's, a, there's some sort of mysterious link between um, uh these events and the, the people involved. And it's hard to surmise. Jeffrey and I argue that that link is mediated through what Jung called archetypes, um, which I guess you could liken to um, uh, primordial ideas um, uh, or in the Kantian sense, you could call them uh, imagistic ideas, innate imagistic ideas. They're, they're essentially uh, images that are very highly symbolic, loaded with meaning. And um, we, um, uh, Jeffrey and I were convinced that um, the experiences that we had had together involved the activation of uh, certain archetypes. And uh, one of them, of course, we discussed that in our paper, one of the archetypes involved was um, that of the, you know, using uh, Jung's uh, typology for for archetypes, one one of them is the hero archetype, where um, in this case the hero uh, was uh, was Seneca, who was a very interesting character. Kind of did have some heroic qualities. Was an inspiring influence to both Jeffrey and to myself. Um, and um, there was also a, a rebirth archetype that we discussed, which um, had to do with the mediums mention of you know reincarnation this idea that we've come back again in different forms and different lives um and so we um we certainly we saw these archetypal themes present in our experience together um but we were reluctant to take those archetypes literally um in other words i don't neither jeffrey nor i i think believe in the literal kind of reincarnation <clears throat> right i'm not um, I'm not certain that it's not true, but um, I, I, I don't feel like I have enough evidences yet to, you know, to, to hold that belief. But I do see that there's something to the idea of rebirth or being coming back again, so to speak. That's very compelling. It's very powerful. And there seems to be some sort of message or some sort of um, guiding significance that's involved with, with that idea. <clears throat> and, uh, 
what a, what about the and, and you're implying this, but let's get to this more basic, I think, description that Seneca was the center of both Jeffrey's and your minds. Yes. Uh, yes. It, it, it wasn't, it was, it was coincidentally, uh, have to be explained it really, that you could email him when he's going to Seneca's birthplace, um, and, and that he's going there, it seemed, partly anyway, because Seneca was born there, and he yeah. already had a lot of, in his mind, connections with Seneca. Um, yeah. And somehow, um, your medium was able to uh, connect your mind uh, to Seneca, and together, put your Seneca mind with Jeffrey's mind around the time that Jeffrey had started thinking about going to um, Cordoba. Uh, yes. yes. And, and I, the reason I'm saying it this way is I'm trying to describe it um, in, uh, in, simple, in simpler terms um, yes. because archetype tends to have um, multiple meanings and multiple emotions associated with it. That, uh, that uh, if... if if we consider uh, the idea of a psychosphere, that uh, the, our mental atmosphere, that um, Jeffrey's mind was already activated in the Seneca direction, had been for a while, yeah. and your medium uh, found somehow, and this is the medium's uh, amazing thing here, somehow found your mind to be Seneca-related, and yeah. then was able to find another Seneca mind out there that was uh, very much tuned in to Seneca right at that time. Yes. So to my way of thinking, there was an, an activated Seneca um, concept um, floating around in Spain in the form yeah. <laughs> in, in Jeffrey's mind uh, and went up into the psychosphere or resonated into the psychosphere. And your medium was able to somehow find Seneca-like uh, vibrations in you and then looked around and found where, they, where else they were coming from. And they were very active in Jeff. And yeah. was able to put the two of you together because each of you were occupying Seneca space in the psychosphere. That's very interesting. Well, I like that way of uh, characterizing it. That actually makes sense. Um, I know in, in the article you wrote uh, recently in the Psychology Today article, um, uh, under the category of description, you talk about you know these mysterious links between mind and thing, or between thing and thing, um, and, and presumably between, and also between mind and mind, as you're uh, pointing out just now. And I think um, the experience that you're mentioning that Jeffrey and, I had, Jeffrey and I had with each other was this kind of link from my mind to Jeffrey's in some mysterious way, perhaps in the way you mentioned, through the, uh, occupying the same space in the psychosphere. Um, but there was also this uh, weird link between mind and thing on two fronts, first with um, Jeffrey's um, receiving the email as he was about to enter Cordoba, the place yeah. Cordoba. Yeah. and then also in my experience of finding the book with Jeffrey's inscription. Yeah. And, yeah. All, and they were all occurring, you know, very closely together in time, which is significant, as you also pointed out earlier. Um, it's, so, a yeah. it's, it's a cluster. It's a cluster. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a cluster. 
It's a cluster, uh, if you want to continue using that terminology, which I like anyway. Mind, 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 and and um, and two mind things uh, as yeah. a cluster in a short, in a relatively short period of time. And when that happens, statisticians are going to have a little trouble because that's those are low probability events. Yeah. And, and then how do we think about just the way uh, how we think about how you found um, that book? I mean, it's not unlike the way I found George Kelly. Uh, mm -hmm. There's some kind of uh, and the the idea of library angel has been around for a <laughs> long time. Arthur Kessler uh, described it, and uh, it's probably and it's true. <laughs> somehow, yeah. somehow you find stuff in the library and on the internet uh, that you're looking for, and that kind of um, that kind of coincidence uh, where uh, with the media, uh, that is uh, one of those archetypal themes that uh, I list in that Psychology Today blog post that. Yeah is so common now. Um, it was with books uh, before, and now it's with uh, all kinds of media where what you're looking for, somehow you find. And there's a kind of, uh, I call it human GPS, that uh, you picked up the energy of that book. I, I'm much more I'm much more able to believe that there's lots of energy around that we can read. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. that that but we don't believe that we can so we don't but right. it's around and you were able to to highly activated ha Jeffrey Mishlove concept in your mind highly yeah. activated and that you were able to scan like a I'll say it like an x-ray capacity span ex ex look into that whole uh, psychology section and find yeah. just what you were looking for that because that vibration off of what Jeff wrote uh, you could pick up that's the way I think about it absolutely we know what what stands out for me too about experiences like this is one almost can't help but think that there's something beyond the self that's involved I, I certainly kind of when you have an experience like this you come away feeling like um, and you you touch upon that also in your article you 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 can often come away feeling like there's something much greater than yourself that's directing you, so to speak, um, to um, to have these experiences. That um, this this is the fun of this for me. Um, how much, as a therapist, do I say it's your responsibility? Yeah. <laughs> and, and how because that's my tendency is to say it's your responsibility. Yeah. Uh, you did it. Um, but therapists don't believe in a big mind or greater mind. I do. <laughs> I, yeah. I call some people call it the big mind uh, universe or something like that. I call, yeah. often refer to the little big mind, the psychosphere, which yeah. is our, the, the, our mental atmosphere here on Earth. So, yeah. And yeah. there are intelligences in the psychosphere. And they yeah. do guide us. And stories like this make you have to think there's some truth to that kind of guidance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and that, that certainly was my experience. And I, I should say that, you know, prior to having that. I'm, 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 hold on to that, please, because oh, sure. we're coming to the end of this this segment. Just hold on to what you were about okay. to say. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, you're listening to Connecting with Coincidence with uh, Bernie Beitman and the X-Zone Broadcast Network. And our guest today is Brendan Engen, and we'll be back after a short break.
Named one of the world's greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the Exxon radio show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201-934-8986 or Skype at elizabeth.joyce. And for more information, you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From out of the woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www. WilliamSPeckham.com Welcome back to Connecting with Coincidence with Bernie Beitman, MD. Our guest today is Brendan Engen. And Brendan and I have been talking about how to explain some of the coincidences uh, with Jeffrey Mishla, but you were holding on to a thought as we ended. What was that? Oh, yes, yes. Well, I was just going to say that you know, prior to uh, my contact with uh, the trans medium that my wife uh, had, had introduced to me, um, I really had a very extremely skeptical view of things like this. And, um, uh, you know, I, I didn't give a whole lot of credence to a lot of things that were said about things, experiences like this. But following it, uh, having gone through it, that really changed for me um, my perception of what was possible really changed. And, and as you were saying, you know, earlier, just a few moments ago, um, I think we can, if we have an overly dismissive view of 
what we're capable of, we can end up depriving or denying ourselves some of these experiences. <clears throat> and um, I do think that my experience, you know, initially with the medium and then ultimately with Jeffrey over those several weeks um, in writing the paper, that uh, it certainly did seem to activate something in me that I didn't really initially believe was even there. So um, I thought that was rather extraordinary. That was was really interesting. So, uh, there, this may be one of the better examples of... Uh, of a coincidence, let's a coincidence cluster that uh, changes a person's view of reality. Yeah, yeah. And I think that is um, now that now that we've been talking about it, um, I, I look for examples like this that um, a, a person is walking along through life and then pop, yeah. um, uh, something happens, and. As I look back at this, uh, there are several um, questions to be able to ask you. Um, and the first is, why did your wife do this? Yes. <laughs> well, she's, a, she's a very interesting person. Um, you know, I think, like I said at the time, I think it was she did it sort of half-jokingly, so to speak. She, ah, but she Shakespeare that, makes... That kind of, Shakespeare... Uh, <laughs> I want to say the Shakespeare says we jest in truth yes exactly exactly so she, what was the truth what was she trying to do to you well that's interesting and and i don't know i think maybe she was um she was interested in seeing how this would affect me or and and what i might be able to glean from it perhaps and i certainly don't think she was expecting it to turn out this dramatically was she I, expecting you to start thinking there are there's more than just uh, psychology thinking that there's a greater mind out there? I think so. I think that was I think in, I, she had had an interest in things like that. Um, my wife is from from England and um, uh, had uh, had been involved. In fact, in when she was in London, she had been involved with um, uh, I think it was I think it was called a College of Psychic Studies for a period of time when she was quite young. Um, she was very interested in uh, things like that. She eventually kind of moved out of that, you know, that you know that area of inquiry. But um, she she's always been very interested in things like that and um, open to uh, you know open to these kinds of experiences much more so than I've been. Sure. And well, it made you made you more open, and then it made me what, more open. It and did. what and uh, what what impact did? Um, this experience have on your relationship with her? It, it really deepened it. I think yeah. it, it absolutely deepened it because um, I think we, I felt like we, we, there was something mysterious that occurred that brought us even closer together that involved both of us and that she facilitated. Um, and so um, it, it certainly, I think, it certainly made me feel much, um, you know, much much more intimately connected to her, and uh -huh. um, in a sense that almost as if she maybe she could read me in a way I, I can't read myself. Maybe that was certainly the feeling I came away with. Um, uh, I, I I call this uh, marriage enrichment through coincidence. Yes, <laughs> that's good, and that's absolutely true. Absolutely, um, and uh, so that was uh, my my wife um, actually has a. Her work, she's a wardrobe stylist, and a lot of her work is very intuitive to people. She, you know, she advises them how to dress, what to wear, 
for colors. And she, what's interesting is she has her own archetypal system that she uses to help people find their right kind of wardrobe match, so to speak. And um, many, many people respond very, very powerfully to that. And um, but she has this this way of looking at somebody and saying, "Oh, I, I see this in you," and that this experience that we had together, I think, uh, certainly gave me that impression as well that she was seeing something in me that I either wasn't willing to see or just didn't see for whatever reason previously. Um, and uh, so that that was was very formative. Yeah, that that, that is that uh, that is very very cool. And what has this, what effect did it have on your relationship with your new kind of Seneca, uh, Jeffrey Mishlove? It's, um, it, well, it's, that's, it, it really, I think it really helped us, um, it certainly helped me uh, kind of find, a, a, I guess you can say, sort of a psychological or philosophical mentor, so to speak, because he, he was that. And writing, our paper, writing the paper together was very helpful in many ways because he, he helped, helped me clarify my own ideas about things. And, um, and in our discussions, conversations we've had with each other, um, he's been very helpful in that way. So even, you know, even though he, perhaps he's not Seneca, he certainly has had, um, you know, he's had that, he's had the role of being a, a teacher to me, um, uh, you know, in the truest sense, meaning somebody that really can, uh, can kind of give you the sort of information you need and, and, um, you know, can, can help you clarify things very effectively. Um, and he, uh, even when I went out to, uh, Las Vegas to do the interview with him in 2016 in our conversations together, I experienced that even then. <laughs> so it, it was, I, I came away feeling like, wow, I've learned something new, you know? And, um, so that, that's been very nice to see that relationship develop. That's uh, that that's wonderful, really. Um, enriches your marriage, uh, finds you a uh, mentor, uh, all and all through the the capacity of your wife to know the right person to pick uh, yeah. as a medium for you to connect, yeah. and then the 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 medium's uh, ability to put you in. Jeffrey together. That's yes. amazing. That, that's amazing. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's been incredible. It really has been incredible. And, uh, and what has this done now to your uh, interest in coincidences? Uh, this, this, this amazing cluster. It's, um, it's, it's really inspired me to continue studying this. I, I, I'd like to, um, I've not been able to do so as yet, but I'd like to be, uh, like to be able to interview more people who had experiences like this to kind of understand it, perhaps more so from a uh, qualitative standpoint, to understand features of their experience, especially. And do those experiences, are those experiences similar to what others, uh, you know, have gone through who, who had a meaningful coincidence experience? Um, uh, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to kind of devote a little bit more attention and and care to that. And, um, uh, my, I did a dissertation using a grounding theory, uh, uh, kind of research design. And, and, uh, I've considered maybe using something like that, um, ultimately to, you know, to, um, to clarify some of these experiences. If I'm able to find people to interview, 
They're all over the. They're all over the place. That's you, you just have to ask. I mean, if you're yeah. in a group, uh, I've done a couple of coincidence classes, uh, and people have them. They're, these these are common, uh, and you you want we maybe want to find ones that are, are less common. The media ones are the most common ones. People yeah. talk about numbers a lot, and I tend to stay away from number coincidences i don't know how to interpret them but right. uh, i hope you find um I, I hope you go ahead and do what you just uh, are talking about to some in some qualitative but systematic way uh start examining some of the questions of coincidences that you are most interested in in and i i want to remind you and tell our audience that uh, i am helping to start a new uh journal called the journal of coincidence studies. It's online, it's peer reviewed, and we're looking hopefully for articles that uh, have a, some research basis to them uh, right. so that we can try to continue to make uh, coincidence studies uh, more scientific, uh, more part of uh, mainstream thought and analysis. And a paper by uh, a careful thinker like uh, Dr. Brendan Engen would be uh, a great addition to. Uh, to our journal. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to be able to do that. But that would be great. Well, it would be it would be a it would be a pleasure to have you um, do something. Uh, we've, we we we're putting together some papers now. Uh, Rob Sacco and I are uh, developing some ideas about what to put uh, what to put in there. And one of the things we want to do is develop a research agenda for um, coincidence studies, just yeah. what, you, what you'd be looking for. And the first step uh, is what you see I've been doing is developing a taxonomy of coincidence of coincidences so that we can um, talk about them in categories and begin to think about how um, the content and particularly the explanations vary from group to group because they do. And yes. not all explanations fit every not fit everything in the way that some people like to think that they do. So we're yes. coming to, we're coming to the end of this segment, Brendan. It's been a pleasure to have you with us and hear your careful thinking and your careful articulation of key ideas and coincidences. And I look forward to a possible paper from you uh, submitted to the Journal of Coincidence Studies. Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to. to participate so had a great Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. 
Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.